Hello and welcome to the Wicked Things Podcast. The story you are about to listen to is called Statler House Book 1 Anna. After a near-death experience changes a young orphan child's life forever, the benevolent Dr. Statler uses his bleeding-edge therapy to help her and other children at his group home return to a life of normalcy. This short story brings to life the challenges faced by trying to help one small group of children survive their common pasts. Rodney, nearly froze to death but watched as his sister was taken. Julie, almost successful in her final attempt to end her life but was plucked from the moment of death. Tyler, a teen substance abuser was saved by emergency room doctors after overdosing. Anna, a young orphan who narrowly survived her brush with death due to a house fire. John, felt the jaws of his uncle's feral dogs around his throat but was saved from death by paramedics. Emily, the only child who has never had a brush with death. What do all of the residents of the Stadler Group Home truly have in common? The answer will shock and terrify you. Dr. Stadler and Maggie's master bedroom is full of heavy old stained wood furniture. A massive king-size sleigh bed fills the center of the spacious room. Low, dark wood nightstands sit on either side of the bed with matching bronze-colored lamps, topped with off-white shades bearing ornate floral designs circling the bottom of each. An enormous, colorful Persian-style area rug covers most of their floor space, allowing only partial glimpses of the stained and sealed wooden floor beneath it. The foot of the bed rests comfortably on the rug. Sitting at the foot of the bed sits a wood and leather bedroom bench. Dr. Stadler's clothing from the day rests atop it. Maggie lies on her stomach in a long nightshirt, examining the contents of Anna's file from Dr. Stadler's office. Bewildered look holds firm in her expression as she moves document to document. Maggie sits upright and looks to the master bathroom door. You almost done? You promised to go over Anna's file with me. The bathroom door opens, releasing a cloud of steam followed closely by a damp Dr. Stadler, wearing boxers, toweling his head. Maggie smiles mischievously at him. She slides from the bed to his side. Why, Dr. Stadler, are you trying to seduce me? Maggie pouts childishly and sits on the bed. She playfully pulls him onto the bed. He lands on the bed and grabs a handful of documents. He shakes the papers in her direction. She's already undergone the first of the treatments. She has gone deeper and opened up more than any of the other subjects. Dr. Stadler drops the pages and kisses Maggie on the forehead. She's an odd one, Maggie blurts out. Maggie playfully pulls the towel from Dr. Stadler's hand and runs her fingers through his hair. Dr. Stadler closes his eyes, allowing the sensation of her touch to lead him back down to her side. Dr. Stadler narrows his eyes, allowing a smile to form. She stares at her man with stars in her eyes. Maggie straddles Dr. Stadler's hips as he opens his eyes. So your therapy works then? He smiles gently, thrusting his hips skyward. So far, so good. Maggie lowers herself across his chest and moves in for a kiss. He leans forward to kiss her, but she playfully bites his lower lip. But uncle? Maggie sits upright on his hips. What do you think it means? Dr. Stadler slowly unbuttons her nightshirt. Not sure just yet. She places a finger on his chin and then slowly traces it down his chest to his navel. But it will listen, right? A slowly growing bulge forms beneath his boxers. Maggie smiles, taking his response into her hands. Dr. Stadler exhales loudly as tingling runs down his spine with her subtle touch. Not sure just yet. Maggie's grasp becomes uncomfortably firm. What do you mean you're not sure? 
His eyes bulge. The pressure intensifies. He gasps. She's the first for the process to work with. I know where I messed up with the others. And? She demands as she tightens her grip. Dr. Stadler clenches, his eyes closed, unable to handle the increasing discomfort. With Anna, we can prove that we can bring the mind of the dead back. He tries to pull away. She holds him in place. Into a prepared subject. She smiles devilishly and slowly releases her grip on his manhood. He sits up, meeting her nose to nose. They stare deeply into each other's eyes for a long moment. He narrows his eyes. She nibbles on his chin and looks into his now-open eyes. Now. Dr. Sadler and Maggie embrace, tumbling into the bed in sexual passion and desire. The wood of the bed frame groans rhythmically as the headboard collides forcefully with the wall behind it. Moans of passionate lovers fill the air. The lightning from the storm outside offers a glimpse to each lover's inhibition-free focus. A flash of lightning reveals Anna standing a silent and ghastly vigil in the room just outside the view of the Stadlers. She exits silently through the door amidst the loud sounds of passion generated by the couple. Crawling on all fours closely behind her are two shadowy figures in vaguely human shapes. Pop music passes into the hallway from the second-floor bathroom. The large mirror opposite the shower casts only a blurry reflection because of the steam and humidity hanging freshly in the air. Julie steps out of the shower, toweling her midsection dry. Anna walks the length of the corridor, stopping outside the second-floor bathroom. She notices the steam rolling from under the door into the hallway. Anna smiled ghoulishly as she stared at the door. Julie tosses the wet towel on top of the cluttered his-and-hers bathroom countertop. She snatches a fresh dry towel from the bathroom closet. Julie hums along to the song playing on the radio. Julie stands wet and naked in front of the bathroom mirror, toweling her hair dry. She wipes the steam from the enormous mirror, singing along with a familiar song playing on a small radio. She stops singing when confronted by her image in the mirror. Anna places her hand flat against the bathroom door. She lowers her head and closes her eyes. Let's talk, girlfriend. She turns away from her reflection and sobs as the painful unspoken words fill her mind. Pathetic. Loser. Julie punches the mirror, causing small thin cracks to raise out from under her hand. Fragments of the mirror fall into the sinks of the bathroom with a loud crash. She jerks her fist back, looking for cuts on her hands or wrist. She smiles and exhales, seeing no injuries to explain, but the voices return rather quickly. What a loser. The voices in her head distract Julie from watching her surroundings. Two shadowy figures pass under the door and enter the bathroom unnoticed. The shadows move along the wall behind her, stopping above Julie on the ceiling. Poor girl. The whispers fill her head while Julie studies the long scars running the length of her wrist to her elbow. When you needed them. Where were they? She slides her colorful hoop bracelets into place to hide her most visible scars. No one has ever been there for you when you needed them. Tears flow down her cheeks as she attempts to apply her mascara. Everyone leaves you. You're a horrible person. Julie's mascara mixes with the tears, sending black tears tracing a path down her delicate face. The bathroom door quietly swings open, revealing Anna. The loud pop music conceals the young girl's entrance, followed by the closing of the bathroom door. 
Anna watches Julie for a long moment with deep red pupilless eyes. They know you don't belong. The voices in her head continue their assault on her mind. Julie collapses, drawing her knees close to her chest, weeping. I know. Julie clenches her ears in her hands as she violently rocks in place. The voices return, giving her no closure to the evening's torments. They know you died. They know it's your fault. Julie draws upon her remaining courage and returns to her feet in defiance of the voices. She raises her gaze to stare at her reflection in the cracked mirror. They brought me back. I'm supposed to be here. What makes you so special? The words in her head strike hard at the core of her being. It shouldn't have been me. Julie sobs loudly. I should have stayed dead. Not you, Mommy. I didn't mean to. Julie opens her eyes and sees Anna standing close by. Julie and Anna stare into each other's eyes for a long moment. Julie rubs her temples and gently sways uncontrollably. She blinks several times as her world around her spins. Anna? Julie mimics Anna's motions and snatches off her bracelets. Bracelets slide and clatter across the bathroom floor. Julie's willpower fails her as Anna holds the puppet's strings. You know what you have to do. Anna whispers and brushes her right hand around the air in front of herself. She then clenches her right hand tight and pulls back. Julie moves the broken shards around in the sink, pausing only to retrieve a long shard from the broken mirror from the sink. Anna raises her clenched right hand high into the air above her head. Julie mimics Anna's movements precisely, holding the mirror shard. Anna hammers her fist against the soft inside of her forearm repeatedly. Blood sprays across the length of the mirror as Julie stabs the shard into her forearm. A torrent of precious bodily fluid erupts through the freshly opened wound. Surprise fills Julie's expression as she realizes what she has just done. She touches inside one of the newly inflicted wounds, confused by the lack of sensation. The young woman's vision becomes blurry. Julie slumps to the floor, unaware that the lack of sensation comes from both shock and trauma that will now allow her to pass beyond the veil. Veil's only job is to contain new souls passing into eternity. Julie whimpers and cries on the hot, sticky, blood-soaked floor of the bathroom. Welcome home, Julie. Anna closes the door and walks out of the bathroom into the hallway. She steps back to avoid colliding with Emily. Where have you been? Emily asks, seemingly oblivious to the events that have transpired so far this evening. Anna shrugs. Downstairs, watching the rain. It really puts me at peace. Emily smiles and shows Anna a small nail polish kit. Let's do your nails. Before Anna can offer any resistance, Emily seizes Anna by the wrist and leads her off to their bedroom. Anna glares at the innocent child dragging her close behind. John enters the game room as the lights flicker because of a short surge caused by a lightning strike outside the group home. He pushes the door closed with his foot while he clings to his glass of milk and ham sandwich. Tyler, are you still in here? John crosses the threshold and pauses at the billiards table to glance around the room. He takes a bite from his sandwich. The lights return to normal, illuminating the game room in its sterile white glow. Lightning flashes and thunder booms nearby, causing John to jerk instinctively. His twitch sends a line of milk out of his glass into the floor below. He groans. He knows he will end up in trouble, again. Come on, man. Where are you at? John waits a moment for a response. 
John sees movement out of the corner of his eye, drawing his attention to a darkened corner near the weight bench. He slowly crosses the room, confident he has found his friend. Tyler? That you? The heavy smell of nail polish fills the small bedroom of Emily and Anna. Anna sits on top of a bed, braiding Emily's hair from behind. She looks towards the game room and narrows her eyes. I need a drink. Anna stands up and walks toward the door. Emily looks up at Anna. Can you grab me a drink too? Sure, no problem. Anna glances back, but her thoughts are elsewhere. Anna turns and stares at Emily. Promise me you'll stay put. Emily nods. Sure, but do my toes next, okay? Anna smiles and leaves quietly, closing the door behind her. This has been the Wicked Things podcast presentation of Stadler House Book 1 Anna. Thank you for listening. And come back real soon.